What do you do? You join the mothers and you end up working for Zappa. And he makes you a creep. You could have played the blues with John Mayall or far out exciting jazz with blood, sweat, and tears. Martin Lickert on the song I Could Be a Star Now by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. Nowadays, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention are regarded as a legendary act in the history of American music, but during the time they were actually producing music, they were not viewed as kindly. The band experienced mild success in Europe, but never really landed in their home country. Under the creative direction of Zappa, the band had been producing what he referred to as electrical chamber music, which left American audiences confused and isolated due to its unconventional sound and lack of lyrics. Just as confused and isolated were the members of the Mothers of Invention themselves, who found Zappa to be a harsh band leader, striving for perfection at the cost of human feeling. When Zappa broke up the band in 1969, he cited financial reasons, as he had personally been supporting the nine members of the band himself, even when they were not playing. Of course, Zappa also claimed that the band members were not trying hard enough. Zappa wasted no time getting his solo career on track after disbanding the Mothers of Invention. He released the solo album Hot Rats in 1969, which went on to receive critical acclaim and become a major influence on the jazz-rock fusion genre. The album is predominantly instrumental, with only one track featuring vocals provided by fellow avant-garde musician Captain Beefheart. The vocals precede a several minutes long guitar solo that earned this song the number 75 spot on Rolling Stone Magazine's 100 Greatest Guitar Songs of All Time. The short lyrical content is inspired by a conversation Zappa had with two women who conspired to set a guy up to meet a prostitute that doesn't exist. That's right, we're talking Willie the Pimp by Frank Zappa on Cover Me. I'm a little pimp with my hair gas pad. Hair down your pants with my shoes shine black. Got a little lady walk that street. Telling all the boys that... The secret phrase for tonight is cover me. The only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions compares them against one another to find out which one has its hair gas back. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my $20 co-host... Alex Mildenberger. Alex, I forgot to write down an adjective for you, so I, I made you sound cheap. For that, I apologize. How you doing, Alex? Uh, I'm feeling a little cheap, honestly. That's not true. Um, <laughs> no, that's all right. I think the important thing is that I feel I feel classy and expensive that's good. more Hell than yeah. anything. I guess I could have just said my hot co-host. What a, hot. a good one. Hot rats. Hot Cats. Hot bats. Uh, anyway. Hot bats. Hot bats. Yeah. Things are things are pretty good. It was been not smoky all week until today, so good week for people who don't like breathing in smoke. Finally saw a movie in the theaters. The first Hell time yeah. since um since COVID started. The last movie I saw in theaters before that was Birds of Prey. The okay, yeah. Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, it was, it was you, most people's last movies are like either Birds of Prey yeah. or uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Which yes, I, I fall into the latter category. <laughs> it's been it's been a while. Uh, I saw the Green Knight. It's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, man! Right mm. on. Good to hear it. Uh. Yeah, my last movie before COVID was Sonic the Hedgehog. And then after I got out of the movie, I got a call from my job at the time, and they fired me. And Sweet. it was also my birthday. What a, what a good what a What a time. What a, what a series one for the books. Of, of events. 
What a series of events. And then afterwards, it was A Quiet Place 2. Alex, at the movie theaters, did you go to Landmark? Yeah. Did you get some popcorn? Uh, No, I'm not one for snacking at the movies. No, not one for snacking. You didn't get a Coca-Cola Freestyle? I did not get a Coca-Cola Freestyle. Um, Oh, man. Is that just when you put the syrup in it? Yeah, that's the the machines are called the the Coke Freestyle machines. Yeah, I didn't do. I mean, I've done that before. It's fun to push the buttons and like mix things. You feel like an alchemist. Yes. Um, but no, not today or not Wednesday. When I not went not Wednesday. Saw a movie on a Wednesday. Yeah, I went in the middle of the week and I went to the oh, four forty five showing. Shit. Yeah. Which uh, the the after work rush? Of... Yes, there was. N- there were not many people in in the uh, in the audience. Uh, in fact, the audience oh, yeah. decreased because one guy left and That's never right. came back. Can handle all that hot, sticky cum in Green Knight. I haven't seen it yet. All I know is, <laughs> yeah, some, that's definitely one detail. Some of it is definitely. Uh, and you know what that. else is about sex? I was gonna say other things, but that's too good of a segue to pass up on. This show, Entrepreneur Summer 2, Pro-Sex Summer, we're talking about sexual-themed songs all of this month. The prior month, we talked about all business songs, and then we also did Private Dancer in June to kick off this summer. It's kind of a kind it's of a twofer. Kind of a twofer, yeah. It's been a wild, misguided journey with a lot of poor decisions along the way, the primary one being doing two months of themed song selections. In a row, yeah. This is the penultimate. We're nearing the end of our journey. And, and I mean, we picked an artist that I think we're both a fan of, but also like this is nowhere near one of his most popular songs here. Like in terms of the show covering popular music, we've we kind of missed the mark here. In terms of popularity, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But it has like in the way that uh, Zappa songs can has kind of a like an eye-catching name, Willie mm. the Pimp, like. For me, anyway, if I was scrolling through a list of podcast titles, I'd be like, oh, what's that? That's like, just throwing pimp in there, at least. Yeah. And now, is that how you think people are getting their podcasts? Well, they just yeah, like, kinda... if I'm looking for through episodes or something, like, if I've missed a bunch, I'm oh, like, which okay. one am I going to listen to? I'm like, oh, what? that sounds maybe interesting, you know. Jumping on really the pimp. So it's not going to bring in any new people, but unless there's a lot of big, big Willie the Pimp fans out there. Maybe. I mean, this is a critically acclaimed album. If we got some jazz rock fusion enthusiasts, we might we might see an uptick in the numbers here. Um, Hot Rats album. album. Are you familiar with this one at all? No. <laughs> this, this is, like, mostly a blind spot for me, too, um, which is surprising. Yeah, there's kind of a period, like, because I know, like, the early, some early Mothers of Invention, like, uh, we're only in it for the money. And mm-hmm. a little bit of like cruising with Ruben and the Jets, and uh, what's the first album called? Freak Out. Freak Out, yeah. Um, but then like his stuff right after that, like Lumpy Gravy and Hot Rats, not really things that I've gotten into. Although when listening to Lumpy Gravy, it's it's a little surreal because some of the melodies are taken from "We're Only in It for the Money." So wait a minute, I recognize that, but it's like all orchestrated and stuff right and you'll get moments of that throughout his discography where there's like sound bites and phrases and things that will carry from album to album and be used in different contexts and things 
Like, his work is all, like, loosely stitched together sometimes for reasons that are not clear. I mean, like, there's just so much of it, you know? I he know, was, it's... it's <laughs> it was very, it's like... a large amount. <laughs> throw it at the wall kind of stuff, like, hit or miss also, mm-hmm. but but kind of interesting still. Yeah. If you're into that. Uh, but if you're just looking for, like, all good songs, I don't think all of Frank Zappa's songs are, like, amazing bangers. No. Far from it. But there's just so much of it, like, you can usually find something. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say the really good ones justify the bad ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's, And also, it can still be interesting, even if they fall flat. Yeah, it's music that is, is less listenable, but, for, but good for you in the long run. Yeah, that said, I don't have much, like, jazz fusion background, so I'm kind of curious... Uh, in terms of that, if, if maybe that's all it is, it's just a little different from what I'm used to. And then he also kind of has the rock and roll aspect to it, too, that right. would draw me in. Yeah, because that's kind of how you get drawn in, is you're like, oh, there's some good rock songs here. And then it's like, oh, Frank Zappa hates rock and roll and actually most music, if you tell me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you hates go back. a lot of things. His hates own a lot band? Of stuff. Yep. Like anybody he hires? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but he does love music, and so a mm-hmm. big reason this this album came to be was he was able to get his hands on a sixteen track like system. So that was pretty large for the time. Typically, he had four tracks and eight tracks in a professional studio. He was able to get sixteen to allow a, a lot of layering and overdubbing, which is a, a thing he's a big fan of. Um, apparently, this album's an example of music concrete concrete music. So using like uh, essentially music concrete. That's the one. Just got to say it with a vague French accent. You have to. Um, which is an experimental technique of musical composition using recorded sounds as raw material. Yeah, which we'll see in this song. Um, there's some, like, I think cash register sounds type sounds. Yeah, there's definitely some sort of percussive element that is not traditional. Yeah. Um, so there's that kind of stuff. Uh, there's also apparently a lot of the parts in mm-hmm. this album, at least. Although I'm looking at the uh, credits to the song and it doesn't look like there are so many. But uh, we're done by Ian Underwood. Mm, multi-instrumentalist yeah. and former Mothers of Invention member. Because um, like you were saying, they could record so many tracks, he would just kind of overdub his own. Or do a whole bunch of different tracks with different instruments. Yeah. And uh, that's it doesn't surprise me that the other tracks are where that comes in. The We're talking about Willie the Pimp today, which is really a blues track. Yeah. Um, I, I There's some, like, jazzy feeling, particularly with the soloing, I think. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, it's traditional Zappa. It's, it's this yeah. genre gone, gone somehow off the track. Yeah. And yeah, so there's a little bit of that jazz there. But yes, in terms of like its structure, I'll, there's really like a main riff, similar, mm-hmm. I, in fact, to Lagrange that we talked about last week, where there's kind of an underlying riff to the whole thing. Although the Frank Zappa version goes off the track and goes a lot longer too. That's true, and interestingly enough, Lagrange number seventy-four on the hundred greatest guitar songs of all time by Rolling Stones. What was just one above this? Just one above. Yeah. Yeah. So they're. Uh, pretty close, I guess. I never look at those lists. 
Yeah. Well, I, I never actually look at the full list, but it's just like sometimes that fact comes up, and right. it's just been two weeks in a row. It's been a, a little coincidence. Yeah, so we're working our way up the list. Yeah. Well, down the list, rather, because this is, this is placed one below. Oh, sorry. I was thinking the yeah. other way around. Yeah, up number-wise. Yeah. It's ascending numbers, but... <laughs> yes. That's what I meant, I think. I, I imagine that is what you meant. I... I think we, yeah, anyway, <laughs> not going to worry about it. Um, working away some some. I guess, yeah, because they would start the at 100, so if you're going up the list, you would be going up to 100. Yeah, but also. So as you go down the list, you hit one. Uh, yeah. Unless they did it in reverse. Which they probably, Nonetheless, they probably we're moving but... in a direction by a unit of one on the list. Indeed we are. Indeed we are. Uh, also, this album was dedicated to his son Dweezil, who was, who was very was a young newborn at the, time, at the time, who a baby. We saw Zappa play Zappa live a couple years back at the at the McEwen Hall at the University of Calgary, yeah. or it was the McEwen Hall Ballroom, in fact. Ballroom, it was in fact. The, that's the classier one, I think. It is. And they played Roxy and Elsewhere, mm-hmm. and that was. That was neat. I didn't really know Roxy and Elsewhere that, that well. Still um, don't really. I knew it well enough. Um, but it was an interesting time. Yeah, it was a concert you left and you're like, damn, I bet seeing Frank Zappa play that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> very, very <laughs> cool. Which is not to say that Dweezil is not a, an impressive musician, but he is certainly not his father. Yeah. For, for better or worse. Yeah. You want to um, you want to talk, talk some about lyrics? these lyrics? That's an excellent segue, Alex. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, so it's sung by Captain Beefheart. It begins, I'm a little pimp with my hair gassed back. Pair of khaki pants with my shoes shine black. Got a little lady walk that street telling all the boys that she can't be beat. Should we let's 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 dissect that. There's so much to dive into. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this whole verse is like, I mean, it's it's kind of a quick story told in a series of rhyming couplets. Yeah, here, let me finish it off. The $20 bill, I can set you straight. Meet me on the corner, boy, and don't be late. Man in a suit with a bow tie neck. Want to buy a grunt with a third-party check. Standing on the porch of the Lido Hotel. Floozies in the lobby. Love the way I sell. Um, I'm a, Fuck it, we might as well do the refrain, too. Hot meat, hot rats, hot cats, hot ritz, hot roots, hot suits. So are those supposed to all refer... Because he, he's a... See... He's a pimp, or he sells mm-hmm. things. Does he just is he just a con man who sells anything, or is are those all supposed to be like euphemisms for for uh, prostitutes? Yeah, hot meat. Um, I can imagine being slang for for some yeah for prostitution. Hot rats. Uh, maybe like maybe because they're they're disease ridden. I guess because he's maybe not a good pimp. Maybe. Uh, hot cats. Cats, pussies, pretty hot ritz, hot roots. Rooting is an, a simple one. Hot suits, but suits is S O O T S. So it's suits. Suits. Covered in soot, which yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's like a lot, of, a lot of rhyming things. Also, it was 1969, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you could get like your music sold if you like. Is this hot ritz? Does that mean anything? Oh, but you think maybe it should be hot tits. Yeah. 
So I'm mm-hmm. wondering if maybe there's like some like semi censorship just because it was 1969. Right. And so maybe, maybe that's what the refrain is, is him playing around with the censors. Yeah. Um, at least a little bit. Of course, mm-hmm. I mean, this is hot cats and like pussy is slang term. Pussy is slang. So, we will hear the word pussy in a cover. We version. will. So I don't know if that's another just like two steps removed euphemism kind of thing. To get, yeah, or to if get it, it is just this like, but it's also not like the song was planned to be like popular and not played on radio. But I don't really know mm-hmm. how the how the censors would have worked if it just would have like not been released at all or what. Oh uh, yeah, well, because it's also <laughs> most of it's a guitar solo. True, true, and and it's nine minutes long. Like it's <laughs> so yeah. I don't think this one was ever released as a single. I don't think it had, was intended for for radio play. Yeah, but I don't know if, like, record stores wouldn't sell it or something like that. That might be the case, yeah. Although, at the same time, back then, well, I know they were pickier, but they didn't have, like, adult, like, advisory, whatever. Yeah, the the advisory sticker hadn't been invented yet. Explicit. I don't even remember what it says. Well, let's ask the questions we can answer. Alex, what does it mean to have your hair gassed back? I was going to ask you. So here's one thought. So I don't think it's a real term, but also gas is like oil and like greased back, basically. Yeah, I was pretty sure it's just slicked back here. All right. That's what it sounds like. It it doesn't, like, even if you don't make that connection, right? The like gas to Mm -hmm. oil, even if that's not there, having your hair back usually means greased back, like slicked back, right? Mm. That's just how it works. He's wearing his khaki pants. Um,. And shiny shoes, so he's like, are khaki pants supposed to be, like, a little bit fancy? Maybe. I've got khaki pants yeah, I wear for work. khaki pants are, like, super... Maybe they're not expensive. Maybe that's it. They're, like, kind of a way to look a bit fancy without them being expensive. Right, yeah. And black shoes, I mean, if you shine them. Yeah. Sure. Like, uh... Yeah. And he is a little pimp by his own admission. True. Whether that refers to stature or you know his pimping empire that's that's up to he also has a little lady so uh, like everything's small in, in the world of this pimp yes and self-promotion mm-hmm. telling all those boys that she's the best she can't be beat. she's the best she can't be beat and also uh, i'm assuming 20 dollars was worth more back then let's see 1969 let's do the conversion i mean it Alex. would have been worth more but i don't know what the uh, amount is exactly uh, 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 price difference. Uh, so it seems like it would have been today. What is worth what? Hang on, hang on. Twenty dollars in nineteen sixty-nine is equivalent in purchasing power to about a hundred and forty-eight dollars and seventy-eight cents today. All right, that's D- damn. I'd say that's reasonable, but I don't actually know um, prostitution rates. Yeah, nor do I. But for quality prostitution, one hundred and fifty bucks sounds like a good. Sounds like it's not going to be less than that. No, certainly not. Um, yeah, rest of the story, meet me on the corner. But he's he's talking about 
So now the little lady's walking the street. She's talking, right? So did you yeah, say so, that yeah. there's a there like promises someone a, a prostitute or something, and and they don't so there's show a up? a track on another Zappa album called "The Story of Willie the Pimp." It's a minute long. You can find it on Spotify. Oh. Uh, wherein these two women talk about how they I don't know why it was kind of unclear to me why, but they talk about how they were gonna describe some some false prostitute to a man and then get him to meet her on the corner and then there there would be no woman obviously and then i think they're gonna send their mother over which <laughs> um inspired by that a uh, story the lyrics are not necessarily a one-to-one i see i see but yeah i guess there's some of that in the meet me on the corner boy and don't be late uh, and then you got this man in a suit with a bow tie neck, so sort of a, a square, I imagine. Yeah. Um, he, who wants to buy a grunt with a third-party check, Alex. Now, a third-party check is when a check is made out from one person to another, and then the holder of the check signs it over to a third person. Yeah, so if you sign the check, then anyone can cash it, I believe is the yeah. the way it works. I haven't done checks a whole lot. I've done a little bit. But I used to do that because, like, my mom would deposit it for me when I was younger kind of oh, thing. Because, yeah. you know, I'd be going See to school it. or whatever, and she'd be out that day. She'd, like, you know, sign the back. So I think I've done that a lot. A lot of, a lot of check or endorsement. Used to, yeah. And no, your I mom went and bought a thing. grunt with it? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, I don't know. It's a long time ago. It's possible. Gross, Alex. It's unlikely. It's possible. Unlikely. But, yeah, so we got a, a desperate man, horny for some sex. Got a check from somebody else. From somebody else. And then, of course, now we're, we're taken to the Lido Hotel, which is a, a Coney Island establishment, I'm told, from the story of Willie the Pimp. A not very um, prestigious establishment. No, something along the lines of, uh, what's the White Stripes song? Hotel Yorba? Yeah. I would imagine a similar vein to that. But perhaps more prostitution-focused than just poor people-focused. Supposedly one of the reasons... And I don't remember where I heard this. It's probably just some random internet trivia. Supposedly one of the reasons we stopped saying Coney instead of Bunny was it is actually pronounced like it rhymed with honey. It was Cunny, mm. which sounds like <laughs> slang for... <laughs> sounds like slang for vagina. So Sure does. So we... Apparently, that's one of the reasons it fell out of use. And also, apparently, we used to say cunny instead of bunny. Ah. Well, anyway. You learn something new every day. Now, Alex, standing on the porch of the Lido Hotel, Felizzi's in the lobby, love the way I sell. Hot meat, hot rats, hot cats, hot ritz, hot roots, hot, hot, hot. Why are the Felizzi's into the way he said? Maybe he's just very confident. Like, everybody yeah. loves me. But really, why would they love him? He's just selling yeah. random things. Uh, yeah, and is he, is he just screaming this from the, the porch of the hotel? You know how, like, like people at, at fairs will, will shout out their food? They'll be like, hot Hot rats, get your hot rats. Get them fresh. Hot rats, hottest rats in town. I you won't to get rats this hot at a, anywhere else. At a fish and chips shop briefly for... Uh, the Calgary Comic Expo one year. Oh, forgot and, about that. And one of the guys, yeah. It's <laughs> sometimes I forget about it. <laughs> well, but one of the the owners there had some kind of like 
you know, they had little catchphrases that they would repeat. Like, as or, a salesperson, like, would they yeah. shout them? Yeah, they would just shout them, like, hot and sticky, get them in ye, or, like, something. <laughs> like, I don't remember what they were. <laughs> just, like, short rhyming things? Just, yeah, short rhyming couplets and things like that. So, uh, I mean, this maybe song that's... is all short rhyming couplets. Yeah, mm. so maybe the hot meat, hot rats is him selling. That's how he sells from the porch. Is he just screams at passerbys. Hot meat, hot rats. Hot cats and also rits. And, uh, yeah, once roots people hear the suits. hot thing they want, they're like, oh, I'll stop by. Here's $20. Oh, man, he's got hot roots. The clothing brand sold at the bay. That's right, baby. Hot Roots Canada. Hot Roots Canada. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of a um, just like a quick little um, vignette almost, or yeah. just like, hey, there's pimp and he does stuff, and it's like a little bit, a little bit grimy sounding. I guess that's more in yeah. the delivery, maybe. That is, uh, oh, certainly, the delivery adds a lot to this. And then, if you know what the Lido Hotel is, maybe that makes more sense. Yeah, maybe you get that extra context. Yeah. You go, oh, yes. But it's mostly just, like, kind of a, a colorful character doing a description of, like, their life, I guess. Yeah, it's just like a day in it's the like, life, I guess. Yeah, some things that happened. Yeah, that's the story. That's the of story. Willie that's the, the lyrics. Of Willie the Pimp. We're going to jump to these instrumentals, but real quick, I forgot to mention off the top, I'm changing the introduction sometimes for uh, how I introduce the podcast today. Instead of, say, instead of saying, that's right, I said the secret phrase for tonight is, cover me. If y'all want to you know, suggest something I say at the top of the show instead of that's right, hashtag that's not right on Twitter, or you can insist that I return to the norm, which I guess I'll probably do in about two weeks, then you can do hashtag that's right. And let me know how you feel. Only one person has weighed in. Thank you, John. Good to see you. <laughs> uh, that's that. Let's jump back into this. The instrumentals, Alex, of which is the majority of this song. There the are noises. many of them. There are many. And again, we're running into the same problem we ran into last week, which most of the song is a solo. That's true. Yes. Um, but we'll talk because there's like kind of sections. And then some of the other versions put, do different things with that. Um, yeah, and the, there are some yeah critical things to this, like you mentioned earlier, the the sort of rhythm riff that is this is centered around. Yeah, comes in right off the bat, and there's an electric violin, mm-hmm. notably played by I forget the name now, um, a uh, guy it who's is Sugarcane Harris. Sugarcane Harris, who's apparently not just a big deal violin player, but a big deal in terms of like amplified violin playing. Mm. early electric violin playing um Mm. so he plays on this track and also along with that there's a bass and then a guitar joins in which that's frank zapp on the guitar that's right he kind of comes in with a slide which is always fun I see it. I looked up. I looked up the tab. I looked up a guitar tab for this song, and then they're mm-hmm. like, "Hey, do the slide," but it doesn't work quite as well on an acoustic guitar, which is all I have. Oh, that's fair. Um, no, you're not gonna, not gonna get the same effect. Yeah. Anyway, um, but then the riff, which is really based around a minor pentatonic scale, pretty, pretty directly. Yeah, it's just up and down. 
So, and it's definitely like enough of a riff and catchy enough to to last the whole song or as much of the song yeah. as it's played in, which is not the whole thing. I mean, it made me want to play it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how the intro goes. And then once the guitar comes in, then so do the lyrics, which really follow that same, like melodically follow that same riff. Yeah, just with this growly, like kind of like we said, kind of greasy. Yes, which is Captain Beefheart. That's, Captain Beefheart. That's what he sounds like. I I assume not day to day, but I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I guess when he he is singing slash was singing, I don't know. Yeah, he's, I think, think he's he dead. Died. Yeah, honestly, Frank Zappa died. Also cancer. dead. Um, uh, like I looked up a lot of the guys in this track and they like died relatively young of like, well, one, like one of them was like drugs and alcohol, but most of them, it was like various cancers or like weird other Mm -hmm. diseases that normally affect slightly older people. So like they died in their forties, fifties and sixties kind of thing, early sixties. Right. So relatively young. Uh, which is sad. It is sad, but, but anyway, <laughs> but his vocals do add yes. a layer of 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 are you know they're gassed back these these vocals yes. they're greasy. They give they, I think they really provide uh, the lens we're supposed to view the character this, through this character through. Yeah, he really creates the character, and a lot of it is that. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, like I said before the the verse is really broken up into these rhyming couplets um and they break up the couplets as well so as much as it's really just one chunk of lyrics um they play it kind of along with riff because you get your and then the second one like they won't do the yeah, it'll be like they two on, say, two off. Yeah. So you get two of the two on. runs of the riff with vocals, and then two as a break between. Yeah, so it's all split up, uh, and then mm-hmm. so there's this other thing. Um, so right before the third couple, the guitar like breaks away and just starts to kind of do its own thing. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of that. The guitar just like breaking away, um, and then that's when you start to get the. It's like there's a lot of like clicking and jangling. So it sounds like coins. It kind of sounds like cash register, or at least like a ratcheting sound. Of some kind. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's meant to be like money, just because of the like pimp thing. Right, that makes sense. But that's your that's your concrete music. That, <laughs> exactly, your music concrete. Um, which is just means like recording things day to day, which you may recall was an important part of the movie. We are your friends. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Um, yeah. starring Zac Efron. Starring Zace Fron. Definitely a movie to check out. Definitely, yeah, definitely not a good movie. No. Definitely a movie worth watching. Definitely though. worth watching, in my opinion. Um, what else happens in this? Uh, so, what else, man, what else? When they move into the, right before they move into the fourth rhyming couplet, they actually stop the riff, and then the bass kind of switches up, starts playing like repeated notes. And then, so it's a little different for that. They kind of right. switch it up for their last bit there. And then that's when the guitar kind of starts to go off too. 
as they move into the refrain, the guitar kind yeah. of starts to do some soloing, and then they sort of like like there's a wah type effect where you can like really really hear this like getting filtered out and sliding around. That's probably where it's strongest. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like stutter and stop kind of on the guitar here. Like it's little small phrases that almost sound like they're breaking in and then cutting out. You know, stuff. And then, and yeah. Then of course, we get screaming. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. Once the refrain, once they're through that refrain, and there's two refrains, um, yeah, more soloing, and then Captain Beefheart starts to just like scream and whoop, whoop. Yeah. And uh, there's also an, an electric piano in there. Yeah. Or like a. Sort of like tinkly. Like a, it's got that like saloon vibe to it. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's a legit harpsichord, actually. I said EP, but it definitely, it's very like stringy. Yeah. I mean, that Ian suits. Underwood is credited with just keyboards on this. So I would, I would yeah. guess an EP based on that. Yeah. Or like, oh, what's it? There's like jazz combo. It also, no, yeah, you're probably right. I guess electric piano in the sense of literally just an electrically amplified piano. Yeah. Would make that kind of sound. But it's not the same kind of smooth sound that you get from like jazzy EP tracks. Yeah. So from this point on, and that's pretty much like about 1.30 to about the two minute mark here, it's solo time, baby. We got basically eight minutes of solo. Yeah. Although the refrain does come in again. For like yeah. at two minutes, but it's like seven seconds of of a little bit more singing. Yeah, two minutes comes in, and then so two oh eight to nine twenty three. It's solo city, baby. It's we get some like some. I I kind of picked out some time markers where there's some yeah, key switch I ups. Yeah, a few things like well, I mean, generally speaking. Um, in terms of like Frank Zappa soloing, he definitely has a style when it comes to soloing, and this is mm-hmm. an early example of that. Uh, it's a little less like rockish and distorted than you get in some of his later stuff, but mm-hmm. stylistically, it's there. Also, it's 1969, so like the technology wasn't as there, right? So it's not super distorted based like to my ears. I don't know how it was back then, but there's definitely like a heavy wah, and there's lots of bluesy bending and stuff that kind of sound in the music yeah it's definitely uh like the zappa take on blues and it's very smooth is the thing it's very fluid like this is seven minutes of solo that's pretty well like all linked together yeah it feels and it but it is changing and you kind Mm -hmm. of I, i don't want to jump ahead too much but so i'll just do it briefly but like I found it kind of hypnotic because at the end of all Mm -hmm. the soloing, it switches back into the riff very suddenly. Yeah. And it's kind of jarring. So like, oh, I kind of didn't realize how far we'd come from that riff. And then suddenly you crash back into it. And you're like, oh, man. And you just realize that so much has changed. Yeah, 100%. Like, this one really picks you up, takes you away. There is... Like uh, we kind of th- we talked about fish last week, and there's sort of that same sense where I still feel like we're 
in the realm of the song, but then once you right. get ripped back to it, you're like, oh, we, we actually did go on a, a huge journey. Yeah, and I just, think there's also a, a strong here. supporting rhythm segment here that like allows some of the shifts and changes to come about more naturally. Yeah, something to kind of grasp onto. Like a lot of the time, that harpsichord type sound is kind of just playing like eighth note chords. Mm-hmm. Even though the rest of the music is going, is going, man. Yeah. A lot of drum rolls. The drums start to do some real switch-ups kind of around the four-minute mark in and around there. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, like, a few... I mean, I, I also have, like, a few timestamps of, like, things that happened. Yeah. So you get, like, the guitar. I, I noticed a lot of, like, fast-descending notes, and that happens a couple times, um, which is sort of related to... So this is called, like, jazz fusion. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing that I know or that I associate with jazz fusion as admittedly not really someone who spends a lot of time with jazz fusion, um, but the thing I associate with it is a lot of fast arpeggios. Right. Um, and That's definitely present here. Which happens in, you know, fast rock solos as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, he definitely plays that kind of thing. Um, now, the difference is what I would really associate with jazz fusion is like four guys all playing that same... Uh, arpeggio at the same time and this doesn't have right but like whatever (laughs) no this one has well the 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 bass really serves as the anchor for the the song because it's doing a sort of altered version of that main blues riff from before right it kind of stopped and then started again but didn't quite go back to the exact same thing Mm mm-hmm Um, yeah, I guess another note I've got here is around the five-minute mark. You get the those uh, notes on the keys start to come more to the front. It's just like a repeated rhythm, but yeah, it gets turned up and kind of jumps up too. Uh, it's really just yeah, playing those eighth-note chords. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course the guitar comes back, but it almost like it kind of right before five minutes, it you kind of get this feeling of like, you know, it gets pretty hectic because there's a lot of the soloing going on and it's going all over the place. And then once, and then they start to get this, like, I think we're, this is a flanger effect, mm. but it's definitely, you know, in that area. And then once it hits that five minutes, it keeps the sound, but then it starts to feel more structured again. Right. Yeah. It almost feels like it's collapsing in on itself yeah. for that prior to the five minute mark. And you're right. It kinda... And then it kind of just like shakes itself back into reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and focus <laughs> focuses again uh, a little bit uh, and then of course that's when I really started noticing that bass playing not quite the opening riff yeah this like hitting your key notes really like the bottom the top and the bottom again but taking a little wavy path on the way there a wavy path, yeah, like up and down. Is that what you? Mean? Yeah, and then that's what I'm just saying. like extra notes and stuff in between. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got you. I'm following. Uh, there's like a there's a high pitch thing. This is somewhere in the 550s. I was very vague with my timestamps. Yeah, and I just heard it, and I don't know <laughs> what it is. It might be an organ. That might be it. Yeah, I hear it pretty clearly it around like 557. Strange. Yeah, it's pretty quiet though. So there's a lot of it's it's fairly dense as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff happening. Um, 
Yeah, like I mentioned, it was on a 16 track, and it wouldn't be surprising me yeah. if he used every one of those 16 tracks. Yeah. As many as he could. Yeah. Chad, is dance, um, it doesn't, and while it is, like, almost cacophonous, it's never too busy? Yeah, like I said, it, it kind of has a hypnotic feeling about it. It never gets too, too crazy, but it kind of, like, lulls you into exactly itself. you could kind of zone out in this one and i did and then you come back you're like oh fuck yeah like it's it's still going and it's like it sounds all right yeah so i had to you know go back a lot also it was difficult yeah. because these because uh, it's nine minutes long and these other versions are around the same or longer or a mm-hmm. lot of them are it was very difficult to be like oh i want to listen to the last five seconds because what <laughs> most shorter songs <laughs> have that as a much larger section of the progress bar uh, whereas this right. one was like, oh, I guess I'll go back a little bit, and then I was like, I was like a minute back. Yeah, you're like okay, I guess. <laughs> When's All it right. gonna happen? Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. I had to actually pay attention to my timestamps. Yeah. So when things really start to go from like you know, just a regular level of intensity to much more intense, is the seven minute mark. We get more cacophonous on the drums. Things are really building up. The guitar is even ripping a little louder. Yes, it is. And then it gets a little strange because now this is around seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Seven thirty five I wrote at the time. Um it okay. kind of it to me felt like they kind of turned the bass down. Like not the bass guitar, but the bass setting on the like the equalizer kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it does there uh, the bass does seem to drop out there. Yeah. And I don't know if they just like play different drums. Or what? I'm listening to it again right now, just to. Yeah, it just feels like the, there's less bass at that point. So I thought that was kind of odd. But they keep going. The soloing keeps going. Um, the soloing until, continues until like for a couple more seconds, anyway, and then it drops down to just guitar and drums. With like, there is keys and bass, but they get turned down. Yeah, and that's like just before the the eight minute mark there. Drumming also jazzy. Don't know if yeah. mentioned that. Jazzy drumming. Going all over the place. But yes, then so it gets in to right at like eight minutes. The guitar yeah. starts to play what seems like it will be like a new riff. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember how long it goes on for. Um, at least 10 seconds because it does get repeated Um, and they sort of start to speed up yeah and like the keys start to come back in a little stronger it's a real uh, building of intensity moment as we're eventually coming back to the like the main riff and it goes on for a while you definitely like hear things everything kind of progressively builds on it because like you can hear like the keys are really going and then the bass gets turned up and like the drums start hitting all the cymbals and as i mentioned it's kind of speeding up or at least adding more stuff um and then right just before like the nine minute mark is when it goes back into that riff the opening riff 
and that's yeah, the and then like we, uh, we jarring part. Really, like, oh shit! Yeah, how did we get punctuated here? by that electric violin? Right? Yes, finally coming back. I was actually surprised there wasn't more of that because it's a cool sound. Yeah, it's very distinctive. But maybe that's <laughs> why. Cool. Don't overuse it, kind of thing. Maybe. But yeah, that was like I remember. Even though I was listening to it and I was taking notes and like in theory paying attention, I hit that and I was like, oh shit, what just happened? Where where did I go? Well, yeah, they hit you with such a wave of sound there coming near the end. It's like, and you're like, well, what's what's happening next? Like, maybe we're coming to the end. And then that, that violin just cuts through, and you're like, oh, shit. We're back to where we started. Wow. We're back to where we started. So, yeah, long song. Um, but it's it's got a lot of cool stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It's got, I mean... It's impressive that the solo was able to like go on that long because there's some that are even like a bit shorter and we'll talk about them, but don't can't really support the solo for that long. And this one seems to work and I can't be much more descriptive than that. Yeah, um, it's really just like solid instrumental work. Like it's it's being like we're going to do a solo and it, it is going to be this long, but and it's going to move and like be cohesive, be coherent, while also being, you know, weird and like jarring. Yeah. So we often. <laughs> songs that are this much solo, um, I don't always get into, but, but I like this one. Maybe just because it's Frank Zappa, but hey. Maybe. He is, I mean, he is in a class of his own as much as he is, I think on a personal level, kind of a, a shitbag for a few reasons from what I've heard. But, like, there's no denying that he knew music, and this is, I think, a strong example of that. That he can use, like, the blues as a jumping point for something that isn't the blues. It's not jazz, but it is it's, very it's listenable. It's like a fusion. Some kind of fusion. Of multiple things, um, if, if you will. Yeah. So, uh, not a song I listened to prior to this week, mm. but um, enjoyable, an enjoyable listen. And if you have an nine listen. and a half minutes to put into it, I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah. It is a weird one. I'm not sure. I'm still undecided as to whether the lyric section is even needed. It definitely, like, it, it wasn't shocking to hear because I was like, oh, yeah, it's a Zappa song. Exactly mm-hmm. the kind of thing you get in a Zappa song. Yeah, it's certainly, like, signature of his, his style of music. But I wonder if, if the solo would land as well with or without it. I'm not sure. I think... Because the beginning is kind of framed as this like blues thing. Mm, so I, we I need know. it in order to. Yeah, I think to... the the intro wouldn't work without it. I think. Right. The same way the the quality of the vocals gives us the lens to perceive the lyrics through. That that whole section itself gives us the lens to perceive the rest of the song through. I think so. All right. I believe it. And so does every cover version we talk about, because they all include the lyrics. So they do. 
And the first one to do it is just a year later in 1970, Juicy Lucy. I'm a little pimp with my hair gas back. A pair of can't keep pants and my shoes shine black. Juicy Lucy, which is a band. A band. A band. They're, They're British. A, British blues band. And uh, they're called Juicy Lucy. Yeah. Juicy Lucy. That's pretty much all we know about them. Pretty much all we need to know. Um, they did. Looking at this yeah, one, for, they did like blues covers and stuff. Probably not yeah, yeah. covers as well, but yeah, blues, blues, blues rock stuff. Blues, blues, blues rock. Yeah. So this one, this track is entitled "Willie the Pimp Slash Lie Back and Enjoy It," which might lead you to believe that it's a medley. It's not. They really just put two tracks on the same track. Yeah. There's just like a brief section at the end. That is another song. That is another song. Or wait, so yeah, how this long one is ends it? up. Oh, that's a couple of minutes actually. Yeah, so this one uh, ends at five thirty-eight for the uh, the actual Willie the Pimp section. Yeah, which is fair because like. Yeah. It's a long time to solo. It is. Not everyone wants a solo for that long. I mean, yeah. If you don't have that much to say, it's worth noting. Lagrange, a shorter guitar song, ranked higher than Willie the Pimp on Greatest Guitar Songs by Rolling Stone magazine. It's Length, much more accessible. Much more accessible. Length is not necessarily always always better. Yeah. Um. But Juicy Lucy, so they of course also have um come in with the riff. They come in with a lot more stuff though. Uh, That's whereas right. they kind of built a little bit anyway in the original. This one is just like everything crashes in. And they've slowed it all down and the guitar is more distorted. Yeah. It's more of like a blues rock thing, generally. Although, or like electric blues. There's a little brass in the mix as well. There is some brass, yep. And the other notable thing about Juicy Lucy is the steel guitar. It's kind of fronted by this Glenn Ross Campbell guy. He's a steel guitar player. So you get that steel guitar, notably in the verse. Kind of here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see if I can find it. Yeah, it kind of squeals. You know, once you get to just after the 22nd mark. Right. That's yeah, I hear that in, in the break between. Yeah, worth noting that there's a big emphasis on the bass guitar in, in the start, at least, for the verse. Yes, it's just the bass. Which is, I mean, it sounds really, like, the riff sounds really cool on the bass, so. Yeah, it does. They got a good tone on that bass. They got a lot of good sounds. Um, they are doing a little bit more of the, like, back and forth thing. So, as we mentioned in the original, they do a rummy couplet. They do just the riff. Uh, but the music didn't actually change that much between the two. Whereas in this one, it's very much back and forth. These things go, and then they bring in the instruments right for the next part so it's more of that kind of bluesy thing so this part of the song at least is much more like in the blue much more of a blues feel even though right you know even in the original is very bluesy this is this is more of what i would it sounds more like the blues i guess i would say right simply because they take more time to let the instruments kind of flex in those breaks rather than just having them do the steady rhythm yeah yes yeah Although the riff is really the same between the two, because that's what the vocal melody is. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, it's a very simple composition. Like you said, it's basically just up and down a pentatonic. 
But then we do something interesting, and I think very Ooh. cool. So there's really I think so as two well. parts to this song. Uh, there's mm-hmm. the blues part, and then there's the other part, which sort of changes gears into like rock and roll. Yeah. Um, kind of old school rock and roll, but rock and roll. Um, less old school at the time, of course. Uh, and that's like starting with the final couplet changes very significantly. Uh, I think it's very cool and like speeds up. Yeah. And then does that kind of into the guitar solo. Notably, it feels more like um, kind of um, swung in the in the blues part and then straight for the rock part. So that's sort of really the change in feel, I think, a lot of it. Is yeah, that? and like you said, they slowed down the verse compared to the original. Mm-hmm. So then we get this switch up in speed in the in the end of the verse and the whole refrain. So yeah, it is a real sharp contrast, and it provides a, a big, big heap of energy before we get into the solo section. Mm-hmm. Does the refrain and then goes right into the solo. Yeah. Which so yeah, before that you're getting like fast. these. Yeah, it is fast solo. So you're getting these big instrumental stings on the lead up there. Hot rats, bam, hot this, bam. So and yeah, just fast drums, and then yeah, you get into a very a very quick sounding solo. For a while though, quick, fast. Yeah, quick, but fast, but long lasting. Um, and then there's also some horns too. So like, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, drums have a ton of kick, and and there's lots of like effects on the guitar. Lots of like whammy you know mm-hmm. bluesy type effects and then yeah those horns like squeal in this is close to two minutes it almost sounds like a kettle it could also be woodwinds but oh, i thought yeah. it was horns no i think it's horns i think they've yeah. established early on that they've got brass and they're using brass yeah um then they bring it back into the after some soloing some cool soloing call it cool they do bring it back into the riff that's right. Uh, there's kind of a drum solo leads it back in. And then he actually sings the verse again. Um, I really noticed the bass here. It's a very, like, the like really low growly sound. This is about two and a half minutes in. Yeah. Really like, that bass has that. a yeah. great tone. Good bass sound. Um, and then, of course, there's lots of that steel guitar between the couplets doing its, mm-hmm. doing its thing. Yeah, by and large, this is pretty much the same as the first time we heard the verse. Yes, and then we jump back in. Yeah, jumps back into the refrain, speeds up again, and then more guitar soloing. Yeah. And then from that guitar solo, we do actually jump into a drum solo. Yeah, we haven't dealt with a drum solo in such a long time. I don't even, can't even yeah. think of the last one, if we even have. They're not as common. Like, they're common, I think, in live setting. Oh, for sure. But not so much yeah, in recordings. Yeah, not really in the studio. Anyway, don't don't know why that is. But oh, no, but, we, but we get it here. We do, we do. Um, although it does also get some like guitar playing short bursts, but the drums, well, they really they start with like a really fast snare roll kind of thing, and then sort of slow down and become choppier, and then the guitar and drums start playing together. Yeah, and then like the bass it, joins in another guitar, and then the cymbals, and it just really builds back into that fast frenetic solo thing that we had before, mm-hmm. starting with the drums and then adding. Yeah, bass. their use of this like build up technique to go just to real quick rock and roll is, I think, key to what makes this version actually very compelling. Yeah, and they kind of do it a couple times. 
in like slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Slightly. Um, but it's cool. And then they do a big rock ending, really. Yeah. Um, this is close, like right before five and a half minutes. And that's kind of their, that's the song because there's still a minute and a half left though. What's, what's it going to be? Turns out it's a jazzy solo piano piece. Yeah. It's just a beautiful piano piece. Yeah. Sounds very nice. It's, it's a little, uh, reminded me a bit of the girl from Ipanema. Oh uh, yeah. In terms of the, some of the melody. And yeah, it's called Lie Back and Enjoy It. So I guess that's the like, all right, we did everything. Now you can sit down and just listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which kind of also I'm... mirrors what we're doing because I didn't really take notes on that part as much. Yeah, oh, because I, I, we don't really need to. I did think it was a nice reward after the like high energy of Willie the Pimp. Which is like, all almost... right, now chill. Yeah, it, just, it was like breaking through the storm, you know, right into the center of it. And you're like, oh. It's actually very relaxing here. Yeah, which is kind of like the original, but instead of like, all right, now we're back to the beginning, yeah, it's, it's like we're at a completely different thing, but it's still like a, a sudden shift. Mm-hmm. Even though the song did have other shifts in style. Yeah. Which I thought was very cool. Like I said, that that like blues back and forth between like blues and rock was a, was a cool cool way to do the different sections. Yeah, it made the song very dynamic. Um, them condensing it to five and a half minutes was, I think, a smart move. Not to say that their solos were bad at all. They're great solos, too. I thought having a drum solo was cool. It's just, I think it was smart to be like, well, it's not, if we have nothing else to say, let's just cut it at 538 here. Yeah, they don't overdo it. Yeah, and, and what they do, do they do very well. I thought it was a great version. I, too, enjoyed it thoroughly. With that, we're going to talk about another 1970 contemporary, Ainsley Dunbar. I'm a little pimp with my hair gas back. Pair of khaki pants and my shoes shine black. Dunbar was actually a member of Frank Zappa's band for a while. Do they call themselves the Mothers of Invention at that point in time? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And this is like very shortly after. So he or am released... I thinking, was he with Zappa? He played for Zappa at times. I'm actually thinking of a different guy. Um, um, okay, yeah, but he, but he worked he with Frank Zappa did. at some times. He was on very... apostrophe, as I understand. Yeah, yeah he's uh, so it was like after recording this, I think he actually released the album. This is on later. But after recording this album, which had a Zappa cover on it, he then went on to work ah, with Zappa. That makes sense. He also has – he's played a ton. This guy's been around the block. He apparently yes. um, auditioned to be a member of the Jimi Hendrix Experience and only lost Jeez. out on the on getting – on being the drummer by a coin flip. It was between him and I believe Mitch Mitchison was the drummer. Sometimes I mix okay. up the drummer and the, ba- and the bassist. Um, so, yeah, they were like the final two in the, in the running. Uh, right. And he – barely lost out he was also he also played for white snake at times and white snake was the drummer on white snake the album and played on here i go again hey also played on david bowie's pinups as well as diamond dogs on the oh, lou reed album berlin i missed um, those he played with journey on their 1975 album their 1976 and 77 78 albums that's journey look to the future next in infinity um and is, jefferson starship he's i believe been 
inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of Journey. As a member of Journey, that is correct. He also played with UFO. Who we talked about in the last week. That's right. And uh, Jakey e. Lee, who I think we've talked about before, too. We have. I don't remember. He did a mostly guitar cover of something. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty. This guy's done a ton of stuff for a ton of years. Um, yeah. And decided to release this cover of Willie the Pimp, which is actually 14 and a half minutes long. Yeah. It's long. It sure fucking is. It's long. <laughs> Um, so this is, yeah, I mean, the, the song is, we've talked about like blues standards where really the song is there to have something familiar and, but primarily for the band, it's an excuse to do a solo. Uh, this song is more of an excuse to do like a marathon solo. (laughs) And this is a marathon solo. Like, well, although as much as it is like a solo, there's. A lot of different sections and things come in and leave. There's a lot of guitar throughout most of it. It's mostly guitar solo, but like there's a flute. Mm-hmm. I counted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, about fourteen sections. Yeah, that sounds about right. One for every roughly minute of the song. Yeah. Um, and, and it I does feel, in comparison to the original, very jointed. Like, you can s- kind of see the thread work on this one, whereas the Zappa one feels more, uh, like, flowing. Like, this one kind of feels like, oh, yeah, I can see... Yeah, there's kind of more parts, sort of... and the way they differentiate between them is, like, let's bring the organ in now. Let's mm-hmm. let's drop the organ then, a bit and bring the horns in kind of thing. Yeah, and again, has that... Uh, not again. I don't know. I always say again when I haven't said something before. It's oh, a, I a do that all the time, habit. too. It's really just time. a filler um, word. It really is. Um, but they, it has a, I guess again, because I thought it in my head earlier and wanted to say it, and now I'm bringing it up again for me. For this is the first time hearing. But it has a jazz emphasis in that structure you just talked about there, sort of the rotation of this is in the front now, this is in right, the front right, He right. gets a solo, you get a solo. Like a bop thing or whatever. Yeah. Hard, hard bop. Or possibly hard just bop. bop. I don't remember the difference. I don't it's actually know hard my jazz genres me, very well. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of song here. There's a lot. Uh, they also kind of do the Captain Beefheart thing with the vocals. But there's also a female vocalist doubling. But it's a little bit more distorted. So yeah, we of... get almost a funk vibe in the start here with that female backup vocals. And honestly, the, the woodwinds have a bit of that funk to them. You'll hear in like a Funkadelic song. Yeah. Yeah, because they yeah bring in the like brassy stuff too. Yeah, and it's kind of it does also like has it's slower, feels slower. Oh, much slower. So they really like settle into it. Ah. Um, but let's see, what sections did I actually note? So the beginning section with just the riff, then the verse, which I included yeah. the refrain in that. Then there's a guitar solo with flute. Then there's a guitar solo with organ. And then the organ moves to the front with a guitar in the back. And then there's more guitar solo uh, with the organ supporting. And then the guitar plays with the horns. And then it gets really hectic. Mm-hmm. And I broke that into three subsections where there's a guitar-led section, an organ-led section, then a horn rhythm section right and then it goes back into uh, this guitar part that really builds and then it's cacophonous for a while and then there's an outro those are my sections that sounds about right now for <laughs> that's me that's a very general overview that's, that's a about what very happens general in 14 overview. and a half I mean, minutes of this song 
yeah, it's a lot of song. And for me, I found with uh, using my principle, the zone out principle, when I zoned out in the original, came back in, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, right on. With this one, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, we're still going. Like, <laughs> it's also and maybe that was me being a little impatient. Quite a bit but longer. Quite a bit longer. Yeah, I feel like minutes. this one really sags in the middle. I think the end, when we start getting cacophonous, there's some good action, some good energy there. I think in the start, where we've got this fucking wood, we some really unique noises going on, woodwinds, some doubled vocals, like that's an energy I can get behind. This middle where it's there's all this space and it's just like here is a guitar. There is, solo. and the, yeah, it's also like if you heard, like my sections were like this one's guitar and organ, this one's organ and guitar. Then it goes back to guitar and organ. It's kind of samey in the middle. Like there's differentiation, but it's less. Like it's more. It's much more subtle. Uh, yeah, they do and it, do an odd no. thing where they go into. Let me see if I can find it. This one changes the time signature in the middle for a bit. Mm. Yes, around four. Hang on. I said I wrote where we went back into four four, which is about six and a half minutes. Is when it goes back into four four time from three four time. But there's okay. somewhere in the three minute mark, I think. And we're in like, or four, four and a half minutes or so. Oh no, just like four fifteen ish. But it kind of, the way they do it, there's like a drum fill, and then suddenly it's, it feels different. So that's kind of, I think, what they were trying. Except that's fairly early on. Because that's only five to or four to six minutes, which isn't really halfway. But it's it's part of the middle anyway. And of course, a lot of a lot a lot of guitar soloing. Yeah, and it's it has some of that sparseness of the original as well, where it's these sort of like cutting in and out phrases, but without the the space filling of the original with this sort of rich back instrumentals. Mm-hmm. Everything here is a little more sparse, and we don't even have that anchor that the original had to, to kind of remind us that this is Willie the Pimp, to kind of say like, hey, remember that blues riff from the start? We're still around here. We're still playing in that element. It does. Like here, it does get we, pretty we, vague at times. Yeah. We've cut the line and we've just we've sailed out into we're solo land floating with, around. with no way to stop. Yes, although they kind of reel it back in, I think, uh, like when they get very hectic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I think it's this one, like eight and a half or so minutes. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Uh, it's fairly sudden rhythmic change. Um, and then you get, yeah. Uh, it picks up a lot, lots of like double kicks on the drums. Of course, Ainsley Dunbar's a drum player, so there's a lot of like drum focus, a lot of like very like low drum focus. Um, and then you kind of yeah, there's there's like a few cool things too. Like at that point, this is like somewhere between nine and nine and a half minutes. Don't remember. Uh, the organ mm-hmm. kind of makes some sounds that sound kind of detuned. I don't even know how you do that. Maybe just mess with the tape or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. there's also so this is like somewhere in the ten minute range, um, right? As someone who plays keyboard and mm-hmm. who sometimes in the past, when I'm pretty sure no one can hear me, just starts to fuck around. Um, I'm pretty sure the guy's just fucking around here <laughs> at times. But oh yeah. Then. It kind of snaps back into focus around the 11 minute mark. The keys mm-hmm. become the focus and are a little bit 
you know they're less like free fucking around thing and then of course the guitar starts to solo again yeah um and yeah there's more craziness they actually come in for the verse again but the voice is more distorted oh yeah that's right um and then yeah they go back to another riff and it really just does the what like the one riff i think so, yeah. yeah, and then it's another big rock finish on this one. Is is this the one that? Yeah, this one does a big rock finish. Hang on. Maybe I lied. No, hang on. Yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. It's also fun to hear a flute on things. Yeah. This was um, 1970 before the flute wasn't a rock instrument, where anything was possible. Of course, the same environment that. Uh, Jethro Tull emerged from. So right. not that Heavy this is metal like act that. Jethro Tull. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, but this is like I've said. There's a lot. I've, you could have cut this down to probably half the length. Yeah, some of the stuff is is uh, is a bit much, but there's some cool stuff too. But yeah, there's, there's some just great ideas a in lot there, of and stuff. there's a there are a lot of fat to this version. Yeah. And honestly, not a lot of times where Ainsley Dunsbar or Dunbar, sorry, really shines as a drummer. Yeah, not like in a solo fashion, but I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, certainly his work is solid on here. Yeah. Uh, but it, there's nothing that says like, I picked this song because I can do a good drum thing here. <laughs> like, there's no like, why is Ainsley, Ainsley Dunbar doing this? It, it doesn't make sense to me. Besides the fact that he likes Frank Zappa, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, a version, a big, long fucking version. Big, big version. Let's talk about another guy who worked with Zappa. Uh, it's Warren Cucurulo in 1998. Yes, he... Think that's right. Cucurulo? Um, I don't know. I mean, Cucurulo. C, C is tough. Yeah. I feel like Cucurulo or something, but Warren Couscous. It's, it's all it's all a guess. Um, yeah, American no musician, singer, songwriter, restaurant owner, and former bodybuilder. Yeah, apparently, he played on uh, Joe's Garage. Yeah, in the seventies. Notably. Notably. Uh, this one definitely goes a lot more in the like rock metal direction yeah um, worth noting he was a member of duran duran that's true point. for quite a quite a while not that duran duran is metal but i think maybe there are some more like commercial rock ideas present in this song yes i it definitely has a more of like a more straightforward feeling to me in terms of like rockiness um, yeah the it's it's similar like to the other ones it, it's about nine minutes long it's similar in that you know it starts with the riff and they do the lyrics and then it goes into the soloing mm-hmm. as they all will um but it's really it's all based or at least the early guitar soloing is like all based around just like shredding yeah and I think overall, I found that a little more difficult to grasp for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. 
and it's not all shredding but it's a lot of shredding and i i didn't like it that much the shredding yeah it's it's i think shredding is maybe best done in in smaller portions yeah it was kind of an overload so you kind of you kind of use it as a bridge i find maybe you kind of shred your way down to something else and then you're like oh holy shit but yeah it's a lot it's of impressive shred. it's a lot of yeah it's clearly a talented guitar player but i just felt like i had less to grasp onto and i was less interested in in that part although the way it kind of works mm-hmm. um of course it does the intro riff uh i didn't really know much about that other than the guitar kind of does a response to the singing so like it'll shred a bit and then do like the response riff um right the other thing I found, the lyrics to me, they do like a gruff voice as they do, but it sounds yeah. a little more like uh, affected as opposed to the original and even the other versions thus far, which are a little more idiosyncratic. Like this feels like he's kind of trying to do it. Feels a little more yeah. like pushing. Yeah, it 100% sounds like it's outside of his like lived experiences, I guess. Yeah. Like he can't imagine. A little less gruff. natural. Yeah, it sounds less natural. And yeah, I definitely picked up on that as well. And um I also felt going to the guitar solo again that the there like while there was a rhythm section present, it felt very divorced from the guitar solo happening. Like the guitar solo didn't use it to to sort of like help it move from segment to segment. It just had to be there to have something behind the guitar solo. Right, because, like, how could you not have drums, right? Like, you got to keep the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, like, this little grumbly bass. It's like, boom, 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 And, like, it, it's not helping. It's not adding anything to the guitar solo. It's not giving it anything to work with. They feel like two separate parts. Yeah, and maybe that's part of it, too. They they try so hard to push that guitar shredding forward that it kind of falls flat in some of the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, although... After about three, just before like the four minute mark, it does, um, the shredding does subside. Yeah, and then everything kind of quiets down. The guitar's playing more sparsely, it's a little more bluesy. It does kind of that, like a few of those, like double stop type sounds, which is just playing two notes at the same time, which is not that difficult on the guitar. Um, I'm not saying a double stop can't be difficult. Um, but compared to like a bowed instrument, double stop is less of a big deal on the guitar, but it has that sound. Um, and then they make some like motor sounds and stuff. And then some actually really like smooth sounds, like four and a half minutes or so, almost like synthy, but still very guitar. A lot of like effects and interesting techniques and stuff. So a lot of cool sounds here. Uh, and then yeah. there's a couple times where it's like, oh, I'm going to start shredding, going to start. And then it doesn't, doesn't start shredding. Yeah, then he does. Stay spaced out. And he's like, I'm going to start. No, just kidding. Not actually. But then they do kind of start to build into that shredding again and then start shredding again. Lots of shredding. Yeah, a ton. Still shredding. And then it's basically shredding for the rest of the song. There's a brief point where the bass kind of breaks through. And that was cool. Yeah. It was it was nice to see that. Yeah. yeah, it just felt like maybe instead of that that breakdown around the four minute mark, 
where there was still guitar playing, they could have just dropped a guitar for a bit and had like a bass solo or a drum solo or even just let the rhythm ride for a bit. Just a little bit more time to breathe. But yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I just wasn't that into the shredding. And it's a lot. It's a lot of shredding. Yeah. And it's just like I've heard shredding before, you know? Yeah. So, less interesting. Not that it's not impressive. No, it certainly is technically skilled, but uh, in terms of making this a, a solo piece that is interesting and, and worth being this long. There's probably a like, bit much shredding. Yeah, and we need something, we need some interesting elements, maybe an interesting tone, because like even the guitar tone itself, I've heard a thousand other times, you know, it's it's all pretty textbook. True, yeah, doesn't sound that unique and interesting mm-hmm. and if this was maybe like some small time band like I'd be, I'd be like okay well this is actually pretty impressive but if you're Warren Cucarulo restaurant owner and former bodybuilder I expect a little more Whoop. yeah 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 I just was kind of lukewarm on it overall and then the endings I, well one reveals that it's live yeah that was a twist right <laughs> Because suddenly there's like a bit of applause, but also kind of a medium rock ending. <laughs> Doesn't really get that big. It's a large rock ending is only fifty cents more. Nah, that's fine. Thanks. No, just do the medium. Just, <laughs> I don't want more things. I don't want too much. That's how know, they. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. Large Maybe you know what thing. I've I've been to live shows where there's been that sort yeah, of it's wank fine. guitar you can't, solo. You can't just like go crazy. And big endings on every song when you're live. And also, yeah, it's live, so it's just kind of doing a live guitar solo, which is a little different from doing a recorded guitar solo, for sure. For sure. But And sometimes they can just be... I, I remember going to Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper way back in, like... Way back. 20, way back in 2010. And just the guitarist at one point was basically just holding the guitar, like, outstretched in one hand, and then just, like, occasionally hitting it. As Rob Zombie like ran through the crowd and I don't know puked on people or something. <laughs> I yes, I do remember does. him running through the crowd. Who and it was probably he... like ten minutes. That <laughs> like it was a long fucking was it, time. Did he like he had like a big flashlight? Was he the one who just like went? Yes, just, I believe like... he had a flashlight. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Yeah, that was. But yeah, so, was sometimes ago. I think you just get a little up on it, maybe in a live guitar solo, and maybe that's what happened here. Yeah, so not the most amazing solo in in my opinion. No, um, but hey, neat to see another Zappa alumni doing doing some Zappa music. Doing some Zappa. Um, with that, we're gonna jump to our much 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 shorter versions. The yes. first one being by Qui in two thousand seven. <laughs> From Los Angeles. These are much more like punk style. Um, according to their Wikipedia, also noise and experimental rock. But I definitely, you know, get the punk vibe off these guys. Yeah, definitely get the punk. Definitely get the noise. Um, and yeah, right off the bat, that's a pretty like easy read from the sort of gruff vocals we get on the original to these sort of gross punk vocals. Like it's a 
smooth translation of the the Willy the Pimp experience. Yes, yes, it is. But these ones, even compared to some of like the the earlier ones from like the seventies, um, mm-hmm. feel a little more like not that they're super different, but it actually feels like someone else is is singing them. Kind of yeah, thing. it's definitely another style. Whereas you're right, the seventies ones. And and, and I, even I would say the Warren Cucurulo one tried to ape that style. Yeah. Like it was very much like this is the same vocals done by a different person, so they sound a little different. This is we're taking this kind of ugly punk approach to these ugly vocals, and that is a different approach. Yes, even though it's similar, it's related, but it mm-hmm. it feels more them kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like they're doing a Captain Beefheart impression. Yeah, they're just doing the character kind of in there mm-hmm. um lots of symbols in this one yeah lots of symbols a lot of distortion on both like the vocals and the guitar yeah and definitely like they they put a bit more attitude into it kind of the punk rock attitude um and the other thing it's three minutes long instead of nine and a half um mm-hmm. they at a few points in time kind of threatened to go into a solo but it's it's a trick they, they don't actually solo. They'll do, like, a, a quick riff, some riffing, and then into yeah. something else. Yeah, and then kind of back into it. So they that's kind of some... why it's so short, because they really don't do a solo. Yeah, they really don't do that. They just kind of do the riff. Um, we get some vocal ad-libbing, some coughing, some... Ah! Yes, a lot of vocal ad-libbing. I, and, like, they with the hot... The refrain part, um, them and the next guys, too, just, like, throw a bunch of extra stuff in so like they say hot shit at one point that's really what i got out of it that's right um, yeah hot cats they just say a lot of stuff i think even later they say hot tits they actually say hot tits they do say hot tits um then he shouts fuck me a few times yeah fuck me fuck me god damn it yes which i guess is is part of the prostitution thing probably um, maybe yeah it could be also with a band like this just shouting he could literally just be screaming yeah. fuck me <laughs> What else happens in this one? Um, they it's quite fast. Some something about mayonnaise at the one forty mark. Oh, is that what he says? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't make it out honestly. Because like once we get to Chipotle mayonnaise. Chipotle mayonnaise. I mean that that sounds believable actually. It does sound yeah, like Chipotle mayonnaise. Um, yeah, lots of like sounds like that, kind of ad libbing, just like shouting and things. Um, hang on, I, I wrote down. I don't know how to describe this, so I'm gonna try to go to the timestamp to see if I can figure out. Sure. What it is. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just the guitar. The guitar changes sounds a bit, so it kind of jumps up and is just like repeatedly strumming a chord, and it's kind of got this hollow sound. That's right before the final couplet in the like first. Versy things. Oh yeah, that's kind of what they do <laughs> to set up the the hot red to <laughs> Yeah, and then like plays very yeah. quickly. So they're playing very quickly, but it's like the same note. So it's really just like fast strumming, and then they'll like slide up the string to change the change the note. Um, and it yeah. really seems like like he's just shouting these phrases: hot something, hot something, hot something. Sometimes it rhymes, sometimes it doesn't. He's doing all over the place. Doesn't really care what the order. That's part of the attitude I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing stuff out there it's the same words mostly they're just not necessarily in the same order exactly and then that's when he gets his chipotle mayonnaise or whatever he says chipotle mayonnaise um yeah and then 
some brief fast playing when I thought he would go and break into a guitar solo, but no. And then it just drops down to drums. Which yeah. Which is kind of cool. Um, and then they do the the final couplet again and then into another refrain and then all that shouting happens. And that's kind of the general structure. Yeah, and it ends pretty abruptly. And it's you just like get a final drum hit and it's out. Yeah, so they kind of Actually they the... say shit at the end. They do. It ends with say yeah, he says shit right at the ah, end. Ah shit. So the way they've done it, they've kind of like they have the verse in there, but really it's like a verse and two essentially choruses. They've kind of turned the refrain into really that yeah. high energy part, you know, that repeats. So that's kind of how they've taken the song, is is just focus it around the refrain, yeah. Which is really just shouting, of various phrases when they do it. Of various phrases, yeah. So, which seems like a, a good move. Yeah, I mean it's a different interpretation. I was, ah, well, no, I was going to compare it to the next one, but I can't do that until we talk about the next one. So I'll hold, let's talk I'll hold about off. Spanner Jazz Punks in 2014. I'm a Banner Jazz Punks, whose website is down? That's right. Unfortunately. Uh, they look like clowns, though. They are, yeah, they're like apparently clowns. psychedelic performance art. Uh, yes, they got jazz a bit of like psychedelic a rock clown band. mime thing going on. From the UK, yeah, he looks like the Joker, dude. He does look like the Joker, doesn't he? Looks like he's he missing looks, some teeth. He might have just looks pretty black. fucking twisted, bro. <laughs> do, do you, have you heard that we live in a society, <laughs> dude? It's pretty twisted. <laughs> You're telling me, bro. <laughs> fucking hell. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> so this one is a little more in the like. I guess it's less in the hard rock vein for sure. Um, I guess jazz punk is probably a good way to describe it. I guess it's like kind of country. Country, huh? With that that string arrangement off the bat. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So it comes in with like violin strings playing the uh, the intro, the riff. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah. So, yeah, I guess it does have that. Um, but I thought it had some pretty cool ideas. There's a lot less distortion here. But it still mm-hmm. has a bit of, you know, it still has the punk energy, I thought. Um, well, yeah, he kind of screams his vocals. He's, yeah. he's belting them. Yeah. Um, and the other thing they do in this version is when they get to the solo section, which they do solos, um, but it's still only about three minutes long. Mm-hmm. They kind of switch up the riff, um, right? So on, and honestly, I think it's like a reasonably solid riff. It's similar, but yeah, but different. Similar, but different. Similar, but different. Um. Anyway, so the other thing they do. This is the first one vocally that's really not trying to imitate the beef heart sound, even though yeah. Kui didn't, you know, felt more unique, but they were still kind of like gruff punky. It was still in the same yeah. vein. This one is just not that. 
Yeah, to the point where it takes on its own little uh, little vocal sections where he repeats certain lines. She can't be beat. Yeah, says she can't be beat. Can't be beat. Can't be like a lot. She can't be beat. Can't be beat. And then you get it again for third party checks. You get to hear him say pussy quite a bit. That's true. He says, want to buy some pussy instead of want to buy a grunt. A grunt, yeah. A little more explicit. Yeah. Um, then once they finish the verse, the guitar gets more distorted. It never really has a lot of sustain, but it sort of distorts mm-hmm. a bit more. And then you kind of intensify the strings. They move up high. And also in that point, like right before moving into the refrain, they seem a bit like, I guess, free. Like they don't totally follow the rhythm very well. Right. It's just... Yeah, they sort of seem to maybe lag or shift around a little bit there. To me, anyway. Something seems yeah. like it's, it's desynchronized anyway. Okay. Ha, Maybe me. Not picking up on it. Ah, me. Yeah, and then they do kind of a similar thing to Juicy Lucy here, where yes. it's the phrase and then a sort of sting after it. Bam, bam. It's it's bam, also bam. just now reminding bam, me bam. of uh, pff, the, the scenes from Italian Restaurant. Which part? I just listened to that Go song. Miss Hot <laughs> Lights, my sweet romantic teenage nights. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Or you I could do hear that, it. Dude. You could you could do a switch. You could switch Hot it up meat. at that point. Hot rats. <laughs> My sweet romantic, romantic teenage nights. Yeah. Yeah. Cold meat. Hot rats. Hot. Ca- <laughs> anyway, um, that's a refrain. Yeah. So there's a lot of him shouting, and then yeah, this things like you said. Then the other riff starts up. So I think it's it's a another solid riff. Feels a little more familiar to me. I, I don't know exactly why. Right. Is it that bump bump? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So then they kind of keep going with this new riff for you know the rest. The guitar. Is doing this like kind of again sloppy muted eighth note thing. There's some sloppy sounding parts of this song. I think it might be on purpose. I don't know because they always right. come back, you know. But in there, um, this point is a saxophone solo. That's right. Um, I thought it might be. It, it doesn't sound very like brassy, but it does seem to be a saxophone. I looked up pictures of them. They have a saxophone on stage. Um, and it really later on kind of starts to get hard on the runs. Um, yeah, the saxophone. So you get a bit of that yeah. like, jazz fusion thing. Um, but what happens in this section first is the strings. So everything's playing yeah. this riff and then the strings kind of break away after a bit and they start to do their own thing. So fairly rhythmic, but it's different. And then... Yeah. As it goes, they keep playing the riff, and it continues to fall apart. Different things leave, stop playing the riff, and start doing their own thing. So then by the end, the guitar stops, and it's kind of doing its own, yeah, yeah its own part. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, exactly. So that I thought was kind of interesting, how it slowly fell apart, and different pieces fell away and started just 
meandering and doing their own thing. Yeah. And then Which kind then of all sort of comes suddenly together. Suddenly comes back. Like an intensity build there, yeah. Um, and then the no, vocals, vocals even join in on the riff. It's just like nonsense. It's just like da da da. You know, exactly. I did the wrong riff. Yeah, but yeah, it all kind of snaps back to the to the starting riff, um, and then that fades out. Yeah, and then the violin just like plays some of Oh Susanna just a little bit. Is that what that one is? Yeah, that's the. I, it was... I think it's Oh Susanna. Mm, I thought it was the farmer in the dell. Let me see. Come from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. Okay, that makes sense too. Oh, Susanna, don't you cry for me. That works. I believe it. I allow it. I accept it. I find this acceptable. Now, Alex, what were you going to compare between this and Quee? Oh, the the I thought Quee, in terms of the like, it was a little less interesting for me because mm. the like punkness of it was a little more straightforward that was all I was yeah say. it's it's pretty yeah well whereas this one is like oh yeah, what the it's f- like the recognizably as like recognizable as like punk rock whereas this one's a little more in the like avant-garde vein mm-hmm. while still being kind of punky fair i'll give you that yeah uh, with that, we're going to get into our final verdicts, Alex. we got three categories today. The worst version, the best version, and the version you would play from the porch of the Lido Hotel. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> I can't always be good bonus categories, Alex. What's the worst version? The worst version, I'm going to say Warren Cusarillo. Cusarillo. Cucurullo. That's the one I like the least. I just could not get into all the shredding. It was way too much for me. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. As much as Ainsley Dunsbar was way too long, there was still good ideas in there and good moves. Um, whereas Warren, Warren, big Warren C, as we call him, WC, just lacked any uh, any hook. There was nothing to hang a hat on where I could at least tell somebody about the Ainsley Dunbar version. Look, there's these really crazy things that happen in the start. There's some good stuff at the end. The middle's a bit of a drag, but like with, with yeah. Warren, Warren, it's like, eh, he does a bad job of the vocals. The the shredding's tired. Like maybe it was wired back in 1998, but not these days, man. It, it just times. doesn't. It doesn't hit, and I expect better from a musician of of such high standards as Duran Duran. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. Worst version, best version, Alex. Best version. There were definitely a couple that I really liked. I think my standouts were Juicy Lucy and Spanner Jazz Punks, mm-hmm. personally. Now, picking between them is difficult because I thought they both did some really cool things. Right. So, I, I th- I'm going to go with Spanner Jazz Punks, but it's very, very close. I really liked particularly the sort of switch to a different um the the other riff in the middle instead of just kind of dropping it so like you still had something to hold on to there and then they did they kept some soloing in without actually going crazy with the solos so they still managed well, yeah, to keep well, it close to 3 minutes without really losing i thought kind of the spirit of the solo thing i mean yeah it's speaking of the entertainment rule this one's at 305 I mean, speaking of Billy Joel, rather. Right. It's it's right on the money. 
right on the money. Um, yeah, Spanner Jazz Punks didn't didn't hit quite as hard for me, though I do see the value in it as a as something unique and interesting. Um, Juicy Lucy, just by pure like I actually felt dopamine released into my system when I listened to it. Yeah, that transition like, from the like blues section to the rock section, I was like, oh, what's happening? What's going on? Yeah, I was on? like, oh, hang on, we're going somewhere, and it's the first one. It's a, it's released a year after the original. Usually, that's the the signs of what's going to be a piece of shit version. Yeah, or yeah, just the same thing. I mean, I was basically I was expecting like three versions of the Warren uh, Warren C cover, and then two really quick ones. But Juicy Lucy just threw my expectations off immediately with this this very dynamic blues slash rock version with some great solos, a drum solo. And then you're rewarded with a nice little piano jam at the end, which yeah. shouldn't, I'm, I mean, I'm I, even cutting that out from the judging, which I should, uh, it's, I still think I like this one more than the, the Spanner Jazz Punks, but hey, I, that's a good little piano bit at the end, too. Mm, it is. So yeah, Juicy Lucy, best version for me. Alex, you're at the Hotel Lido, and maybe you're trying to attract clients. I don't know. You're, you're there on the porch, and somebody says, hey, man, play Willie the Pimp. Play Willie the Pimp. They, I yeah, they mean, say, if but not the, the, uh, they say, but not the Frank Zappa version. <laughs> you say, okay, weird. All right. Then you would request that. Okay, if I have to. Now, what am I playing? I'm trying to think of, like, what the context is here. Like, what am I trying to accomplish by playing this song at the Lido Hotel? Am I Am I a pimp? Am I trying to sell something else? Am I just a grifter? Who can you, say? Well, answer this question first. Is your hair gassed back? Is my hair gassed back? It is. You know what? And I guess, like, here's the question. Actually, here's the real question. Which mm-hmm. one of the floozies going to like? That's Which right. one That's do you play question. for the floozies? In the lobby. In the lobby. Um, I'm going to say for the floozies in the lobby, we're going to play Quee. Uh, you know, it's not insanely long and it doesn't have any of the soloing. It's, it's more to the point. It feels more like a song you would listen to. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, if, I, yeah, if just... I'm like, which one's going to appeal to the most people don't put insane solos in. Yeah. Cause don't it's put on not 14 minutes work. of Ainsley Dunbar. <laughs> it's not going to appeal to the most people. I think, I think Kui has the, like people like, people like, uh, people like rock punk rock yeah pe- people like it hard and fast you yeah. know what the floozies particularly <laughs> uh that's a good choice alex i'm gonna i'm gonna take it in a different direction i'm gonna do spanner jazz punks i mean obviously my hair is gas backed my shoes are shine i'm wearing my khakis sure yeah we know Granted. that that's a given but i just you know what i need something a little more modern it's uh something that really says what's what's on the table here what is hot meat what's hot rats dogs it's pussy we're talking about pussy the word pussy is in <laughs> spanner it's jazz the only punks one version. that says pussy only one that says pussy and, and that's what that's, yeah, that's, that's what, what we're doing is. here we're slanging pussy at the end of the day and people need to know that that is why i'm going with that one i apologize to anyone who is upset about me saying pussy so many times in the last minute it was a lot i apologize i'm not upset just, good just uh, just so you know. spanner jazz box just for the record <laughs> Um, we love, you know what? I'm slanging boys as well because I'm a modern pimp, but. Yeah. But we don't have an option for that in these songs, quite frankly. No. We're limited here to only these six versions. 
Maybe I'll shout penis over one of the times they say pussy. <laughs> you don't know me. I'm out here making moves. With your hair gassed back. With my hair gassed back, god damn it. Once my hair is gassed back, it's over for you guys. You know how much hair I have? It's uh it looks so goddamn greasy. It's a lot. Literally and figuratively. Just in case anyone isn't aware, it's quite a lot. It's quite a bit. Not as much as it used to be, because I, I did I did do a trim, but still oh, quite a bit. Yeah. That's our final verdict. If you got a different opinion, similar opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, of which I think there are a few. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise guy. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. We're coming out of the theme month, so it's, you know, it's we're, we're going to talk about dead people for probably two to three weeks. But then, <laughs> then there's going to be some opportunities. It's anyone's game. It's anyone's game. And with that, we're going to jump into our bonus segment. We're going to ask Alex a pre-prepared question. Alex, I may have even already asked this one on a on a podcast before but it just came up when i was cruising social media and it's the, one of these dumb questions if you had a gun to your head and had to to sing a song word for word perfectly and, if, and this guy he's you know he's got an encyclopedic knowledge of songs he'll oh, know shit. if you sing the wrong word if you say one thing wrong he'll murder you uh what song do you do first of all i'm probably gonna get shot because i'll probably fuck it up <laughs> um songs that i know all the words to I would definitely panic. First, first things first. Right. Yeah, um, I know how you do under pressure. <laughs> You're like I don't know that song. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I would probably, because there's no time to think about a cool answer. Right. Just a song I know words to, mostly. Um, I'll, so, I, like I said, I'm getting shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to be Vienna. By Billy Joel, because what? I listened to it recently. Oh, okay. How far do you get into Vienna by Billy Joel before you get shot? Um, I don't get the whole. I don't get the whole way. I get like most of the way through the first verse. Most of the way. So you. So let's see here. So you get slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a yeah. juvenile. Then you go. But then, then if, if you're, you're so, so smart, smart, tell, tell me, me why are you still so afraid? Mm-hmm. Oh, you miss the mm-hmm, that's what gets you. No, and then I'm like, shit. Is the next line? Um, Where's the fire? What's the hurry about? And I'm going to say that, but I don't remember if that's later or right there. That is actually right there. Okay, good. And then I say, so theoretically, you cool you're doing it off great. before you burn it out. There's yeah, only so uh-huh. much to do and only so many nope, hours you're in done. a day. Fuck! You, you got so much to do got and so only much so many to hours do. in a day. Ah. You, were do, you were doing pretty good, though. It's close. <laughs> close. Um, I had to, I thought I had an answer. I, I was like, oh, I've got a clever one here locked in the chamber. I was like, T for the Tillerman. It's, it's nothing. And I was like, I'm sure I know all the words for it. After the first line, tea I fucked up. T for the Tillerman, steak for the sun. See, I didn't know a steak for the sun. the rain come, seagulls sing, your heart's awake. So the singers sing, the children play. Oh, Lord, how they play and play for that happy day, that happy day. Now, Alex, you would have been so close, but it's why yeah, the I missed sinners one. sin. Sinners. Uh, but if I really wanted to flex, I would do. Uh, you can call me Al. Oh, right. I actually probably do Paul know way Simon. too many words in that one because that's. I yeah, did, but I wouldn't yeah, think of it. Of I wouldn't think of it. <laughs> no, it's certainly not. It's like, oh fuck, fuck, and then just start singing some random Billy Joel song. And even then, I'd like even the then, third it's like, why would I, I think? Why would I do that? Like, I could probably do Piano Man, but I'd be like Piano Man or like. 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. Like, there's so many good answers True. where yeah. it's like, like, what songs do I know the lyrics to? I don't know. I don't know them until they start playing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know all the words to this song. Oh, yeah. Like, when I was in high school, I was very active about memorizing lyrics. And Actually, stuff. do you remember? We used to sing The Night Chicago Died in the Hallway of High School. I was just thinking about that. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know. Could I do that now? Probably not. But I, I can honestly I do okay. <laughs> exactly. That's the problem. So, it's like yeah. 100%. Could I get 100% on any of them? Mm, no, I don't know. Probably not. Not probably not now. In high school slash junior high, I almost definitely could. Yeah. And, but these days, I but I, like there's some songs ingrained in my consciousness where I don't know it until the song comes on. Yeah, that's a weird. I mean, I guess it's all like associative memory, but it's definitely weird. You can like sing along to it perfectly, but as soon as there's no music, you're like, uh. Yeah, fuck. like don't even know the song title. I'm like, uh, mm, oh, that was a uh... piano guy. <laughs> fuck guy uh the, the fucking dude is the pianist is that the one <laughs> yeah yeah Ugh. that's our answers for this yeah, fun that's our answers. we would die it's, yeah we'd be fucking murdered <laughs> um if you want to tell us what your your gunshot song would be what do you call it gun to the head song i don't know murder it, song it already an in uh and i think we already had a hashtag murder song Oh, hashtag die singing. What song would you at least try to sing before getting shot? Because who knows lyrics these days, right? Come on, fellas. And yeah. fillets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, hashtag die singing. And let us know what song you would sing in this fictitious scenario. That's right. We're jumping on social media trends, baby, from like 10 years ago, probably. All right. And that makes this a full episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, floozies in the lobby love the way I sell. Cover me.